This message is uh, birthed out of a stirring that's been going on in me for some time. Uh, t- tonight I want to talk about the cross, the redemptive work of, of Christ on the cross. Because there's, a, there's something that happens after we get saved, uh, something not good. There's a lot of good things that happen, but there's some bad stuff. And I believe one of the things after we've been saved a while is we, we actually lose sight of the cross. And there is coming a day, and I believe I used to think our kids, maybe grandkids to see, but I believe uh, that I'm... Uh, God willing, still young enough to see the return of the Lord, the rapture of the church take place. So, even if I don't, uh, I have many more years behind me than I do ahead of me. I'm 62. So, uh, it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. So, where you and I spend eternity is a very, very important question. And you and I can only answer that question by asking ourselves, what or who are we trusting in? Now, like I say, this has been a stirring in me. I can't get away from it in Sunday school because I see so many in the church. And I'm not necessarily talking about this church exclusively, but I'm talking about a lot of churches across America who are absolutely trusting in the wrong thing or the wrong person. And I cannot imagine standing in line. I don't know how it's all going to play out, but we all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And I'm telling you that you and I are going to stand in front of and behind of people who have been trusting in the wrong thing. Or the wrong person. And the first time that you hear someone up ahead of you, I don't know how far ahead they're going to be in line, but the first time you hear someone screaming, it's it's going to be a real eye-opener. Because we're all going to be there. Our life, it is a vapor. And those of us who have some years on us realize that it is a vapor. A bumper sticker says, over the hill and picking up speed says it all. It just goes faster. It seems like I graduated five years ago. Somehow I know that can't be right. But it is a vapor. So I want to talk about the cross and, and what's going on there and where, where and what are we trusting in. I, I would really hate to see anyone go to hell. I would not wish that on my worst enemy. I've had some things happen to me that I wouldn't wish on anyone else. But those who have caused those things, I would not wish hell on them. Because hell is final. It is final. There's no way out. There's no way to pay up and get out. When you're in hell, you're in hell. And so you and I have got to ask God, You show me, Lord, what am I trusting in in my life to get me to heaven? In Philippians uh, 1, verse 6, I'm sorry, in verse 3, it says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you 
Always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with all joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. You and I have got to understand one thing, that God began this work in I. You and I did not begin it. We did not one day wake up and decide, today I'm getting saved. By golly, today's the day I'm going to do it. The Word of God says that no no man can come to the Father unless he's being drawn. You understand? We, we, can't, we can claim credit for none of this. If your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, it is written there for one reason, because God moved upon your heart. He softened your heart to the place where you received His Son. For as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. But it takes, it's a move of God upon our hearts. Because without that, you and I would be like those that we are praying for. But I fear that in the church there are those who are trusting in themselves. They are, they are trusting in what they're doing. You will not get to heaven by going to church. I said that. The Word of God says not to forsake the assembling together. But there are people who go to church every Sunday who will not go to heaven. There are people who never miss services who will not go to heaven. You'll hear people pray in tongues. There's going to be people praying in tongues that won't be in heaven. They are trusting in the wrong thing. That's a serious message. Your eternity is hanging on who or what you are trusting in to get you to heaven. And I fear there are so many who are trusting in things like church attendance and tithing and praying. Should we do that stuff? Absolutely. We don't do it to get saved. We do it because we are saved. And I fear there are those who are across America in every church who are walking in their own righteousness. And the Word of God doesn't have good things to say about that. In Philippians 2.13 it says, For it's God who works in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. It's God working in you and I. Because we have a fallen nature. And I know I bring this up about every time I preach. It's not... And see, I'm wanting to make excuses for it already. And that's the four-way stop out here. If you don't think that you have a carnal nature, a fallen nature inside of you, you spend a little time at that four-way stop out there. Not everyone plays well together. You know, there's people that don't take turns. Shouldn't bother you. Should it? I'm telling you, as a brother in Christ, it bothers me. It does bother me. There's times when I'm out there at the intersection, I actually wish I had a tank. So we'll see if you'll yield to me. That's, that's still inside me. That's not good. But what it does, it makes me realize I can't trust in me. There's no good inside of me. The only good inside of me is God. 
Does the Word of God tell us in Ecclesiastes 7.20, there's not a just man upon earth that does good and sinneth not. He's non-existent. If you and I could get to heaven by being good people, the cross was a waste of time. I've been saved going on 34 years. My flesh hasn't finally got good. It's still a mess. The fallen nature is never good. It's enmity with God. Still, after all this time, after all these years, I could ask any of you who have been saved for any time, you know it's the truth. It's this war that goes on. But every war, every struggle, every battle is designed to point us to Christ. It makes us realize our hope cannot be in us. You, if you would just see the thoughts that I can have in the midst of this, when I'm praising God, if you could just see what the enemy is putting in my mind, I got a feeling most of you know, because it's the same stuff he puts in yours. And if you do not know the word of God, you'll think, oh my gosh, I, there's no hope for me. Well, there is, but it's not you and I. The hope for us is Jesus and what he's done for us at Calvary. And I believe that as a serpent beguiled Eve, it tells us in Corinthians, he said, I, I fear he's he done the same thing to you. He said, you left the simplicity that's in Christ. And I'm telling you as a brother in Christ that it is simple. It must be simple. This gospel has got to be simple enough for Miley to understand it. She's got to understand what I'm saying, or I'm, I, there's something wrong with how I'm preaching. She's got, she's got to know. How many of you were at the baptism service? How old is Kennedy? She's five. She's five years old. She knew exactly what she was doing. She's prayed and received Christ at five. That we've got to come to Christ as little children. Molly's got to understand. Ellie's got to understand. Kylie's got to be able to understand the gospel. And I'm telling you, it can't be complicated or I couldn't understand it. We make it complicated. Man complicates everything he touches. And I'm telling you that those who are trusting in what they're doing is hoping it's going to be enough one day. You're not going to get there. I'm concerned. What you do is not enough. It's what Christ did. You can't do enough. You can't please Him by what you do. Because if righteousness comes by the law, Christ is dead in vain. We can't... There's something that goes on in our head that's not good. We think one day, yes, we die to the flesh day by day, but we don't finally evolve into good people. That's the mindset. We don't. I still have a rotten heart. I still listen to me. This is, this is just being bare-faced honest. I still think the worst in people. I still do. It's still in me. It's, it's a fallen nature. That's part of that fallen nature. The Word of God tells me what to do with that. I've got to cast down that imagination. 
I have to esteem others better than myself, right? That's, he gives us directions on what to do. The, here's where we get our feet tangled up. We do those things thinking we're trying to earn salvation. It, it, it's a mess. We can't earn salvation. When we, when we start thinking like that, we tell God, appreciate what you did there, but let me help. I'm concerned. All across America, we have left the simplicity that's in Christ, the church has. It's a simple gospel, and man has confused it. All across America. I'd say turn on the TV and check it out. Turn off your TV. Most of what's on there is not worth listening to. There are two people I can listen to on TV. Romans 5. There's a reason that it's called good news. That's what the word gospel means in the Greek. It's good news. And I'll tell you what's not good news. is to be saved and then say, all right, now you've got to do your best. You've got to hang in there. Yes, we press toward the mark, but doing our best? What's your best? I don't think you'd be impressed with my best. And I know God would not be impressed with my best. That's why he gave his best. Had someone take my place on the cross. Because there's no way I could ever attain to ever being good enough. Ever. Ever. And I'm glad you're sitting down. Because neither can you. And Jesus had the most problems with those who believed they didn't have any problems. Look at it. Follow the scriptures. You'll see when it comes time for Jesus just being haggled, it's, it's about, you'll see this name, scribe, Pharisee, high priest, chief priest, elders. All these religious people have a problem with Jesus. Because to be quite frank with you, salvation is too good to be true in the world's eyes. Because it doesn't make sense up here. It does not make sense. Uh, we've lost a son. I love you, but I wouldn't give one of my kids for you. And yet he gave his only son for us. That's great. Now I'm going to try to be good. But do you realize how ridiculous that is? And what's good? Here, we, here we've got a uh, progressive dinner coming up. How many of you knowingly would invite, and I, if you're going to host it, we'd say, uh, please, Pastor, I want all the murderers that you have. Give me your thieves. I want those that are immoral. Those who blaspheme, please give me all of them you can. How many of you ever asked for that? Listen, you got it anyway. Because if we keep the whole law 
and offend in one point, we are guilty of all. There are no exceptions in this room from clear to back to clear to front. No one can say, well, not me. Yeah, you. you it's an us thing now. There's no exclusions here. We are all guilty of everything. Every child molester, every murderer, we are all guilty of it. Because if we've just broken one, you ever told a lie? Don't start now. Yes, you have. We've all lied. We have all lied. So we're guilty of all the sin there are out there. You understand, it's level ground at the cross. Our only hope is in the cross, not in us. The most miserable people in the world are those who are hoping in themselves. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine hoping in me. That'd be a long, miserable life. Romans 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this hope in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for you and I. The ungodly, it says. That's us. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man. Someone would even dare to die. But, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more, having now been justified, if you got your Bible, look at those next three words. It says, by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have, we've now received this reconciliation. God's not waiting on me to clean up. There's no such thing. There is, where's it at? I wrote it down. Proverbs 20. Look at Proverbs 20, verse 9. I love Proverbs. <clears throat> Proverbs 20, verse 9 says, Who can say, I have made my heart clean, I am pure from my sin? No one. No one. No one can say, I've made my heart clean. Look. See, I did it. I did step one, step two, I did A, B, C, now look at me. And I'm humble too, did I mention that? Are you kidding me? It, I, I'm just amazed that someone could have the audacity to trust in their own heart. Because our hearts, well, are, are you amazed at yourself? You've got to amaze yourself. The, the things that are in our hearts. Oh my gosh, it does nothing but drive me to the cross. I, all I can say is thank you for the cross. 
Thank you for the cross, Lord. I'm so thankful that God, in Isaiah 118, says, Come, let us reason together. Though our sins be as scarlet, they'll be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. I believe that's why there's a joyless church across America. Because we're looking at us. That will depress anyone. Who, our hope is in someone like us. You know that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. How could we possibly trust in us? It tells us in Jeremiah 17, Cursed is the man that trusts in man. There's no good inside of us but God. And so you have people who will, all the thoughts and attentions turned inward. Listen, it's a trick from the enemy. It, he'll either make you think you're so good or he'll make you think you're so rotten. Neither. Neither are from your Father in heaven. Neither. And the trick is, the focus is on me. Either it's what I consider successes or what I consider weaknesses and failures. Somehow, now, now my attention's on me. It's a trip. Run. Our eyes have got to stay fixed on the cross. They have to. Because the preach, that's why the Word of God says in, in Corinthians that the preaching of the cross is foolishness to them that perish. But unto us that are saved, it's the power of God. Are you kidding me? Someone says, look, uh, you, you did this and you're going to have to die. Uh, you'd be scared. I'm sorry, we're going to have to put you to death. Someone steps in and says, wait a minute, I'll, I'll pay for that. I'll take their place. I'd be a hero, wouldn't it? Jesus is my hero. He took my place on the cross. I've not metamorphosed into this nice guy now. I'm still a worm. That's what the Word of God says. Because man at his best state, is vanity. At his best state. I don't know what's worse than vanity, but whatever it is, is what we usually are. Turn to John 1. I asked the Sunday school class today, what do you tell people? What do you tell them? You're sharing them about Christ. How do you tell someone to get saved? What are we telling them? Well, look, you come to the altar, you give your life to Christ, then just do the best you can, and one day maybe it'll be enough. No, no, and no. We don't do our best. We just simply, listen, when we get saved, we change masters. It is as simple as that. We turn our life over to Christ. We serve the devil before we got saved. After we get saved, we serve Christ. We do it to please him. We don't say, look, I'm doing this and this. And now can I go to heaven? How about now? What if I, how about if I give 12%? Oh, we... We insult the cross so often. And I believe we grieve the Holy Spirit. I do. 
This is not an excuse to sin. I don't need an excuse to sin. I, I, I can sin without any excuses, trust me. We all can. But I'm telling you, this is a trick from the enemy to get our eyes off of the cross and get our eyes on us. Because no one can be happy with their eyes on themselves. No one. It's impossible to make a person happy. You show me a kid that's been told all their life that it's all about you, and I'll show you a miserable kid and parents to boot. And everyone who crosses that child's life. John 1, verse 29. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He doesn't cover it. He takes it away. We see it in the 12th chapter of Exodus when Pharaoh was a meanie. He was just nothing but a bully. And he was uh, not playing well. And he had the, the children of Israel in bondage. God sent Moses to him and said, you tell him, I said, let my people go. He said, no, I'm not going to. He said, all right, if you don't let them go, I'm going to have this happen to you. And so the plagues start. They start. And by the time Pharaoh's heart, and it says God hardened his heart. He said, he's not going to let you go until that 10th plague. He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do this time. He said, I'm going to smite the firstborn in the land. Every house, every animal, everything there is, the firstborn is going to die. He said, there's only one way for you to miss this. I want you to take a bull, a spotless lamb, a bullock. He said, I, I, it can't have any blemish on it. And he told him how to do it. He said, and when you're done, I mean, he goes through detailed instructions. We're not going to. He said, but I want to take, to that, take that blood, take hyssop. The only thing I can think of would be like be celery. So you dip it in the blood, you apply it to the door lintel. And you would apply it to the door post. He said, and when the death angel comes, he said, when he sees the blood, God says, I see the blood. I'm going to pass over you. Which is where Passover has initiated. That's where it started. And so now we see John. He's talking about Jesus. said, he's the lamb of God. And he takes away the sin of the world. He doesn't just cover him. Remember, you remember the priest had to go in there once a year in the Holy of Holies. And he made atonement for the sins of the people. He had to take the blood. He had to dip his, had to dip his right thumb in it. His big toe on his right foot had put some on his right ear. There was such a thing he had to go through. There were serious instructions. Well, John sees Jesus. He said, there's the Lamb of God. He takes away the sin of the world. He doesn't just cover it. He, he takes it away. I'm telling you that when I die, and I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, that God will look at me, and all he'll do is look at the Son. He said, do you know him? I said, that's Bruce. Because he will see the blood of, he sees me through the blood of Jesus. All right, I'm, listen, he sees me as spotless, as sinless. Oh, he does. He does. I know. It's comical. 
But then when I think how comical it is, I look at you. Because our only hope is in the blood of Jesus. That is our only hope. But it's good news. It's all the hope we need. All we have to do is trust in the blood. We are justified by faith. That was your cue to say amen. Oh, it is. We're justified by faith. If you want to try to earn your way to heaven, I'm warning you tonight. I'm warning you, you're not going to make it. You will be the one that you will hear say, depart from me, I never knew you. You tried to get here on your own. You, you tried, the Word of God says, trying to establish your own righteousness and have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of Christ. Eternity hinges on this tonight. Eternity. Where you spend eternity depends on who or what you are trusting in. And I think us old goats are the worst. Because we just kind of, we're just thank God we're not like them young crazy people. When inside we're jealous of them. Someone who just gets saved and they have the zeal of the Lord. And I said, God, light a fire in me. Light it in me. Colossians 2 Start with verse 8. It says, Beware lest anyone cheat you or rob you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you're complete in him. You are complete in him. Who is the head of all principality and power? In him. You also were circumcised with circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him, how? Through faith in the working of God. Not faith in you and I. Faith in the working of God. Who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses. And the circumcision of your flesh. He has made alive together with him. Having forgiven you. How many trespasses? You got your Bible there? What's that next word say? All of them. Every trespass. Every sin. If God does not forgive us for every sin. We don't make it to heaven. Sin does not dwell in heaven. He'll say, oh, well, okay, you, you got rid of it all, most of it. It's all right, come on in. No. No. The cross has to be enough to cover all of our sins. And that's what the Word of God says. He's forgiven us all of our trespasses. All of them. All. All of them. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, right through the feet and hands of his son. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. In what? In the cross. They thought they won. The enemy thought, 
killed him. High five. You remember the old Carmen song, Sunday's on the way? How many of you remember it? Sunday's on the way. I love that part. It says, somebody's messing with a stone. Remember? And the stone was rolled away, and it bounced a time or two, and an angel stepped inside and said, hello, I'm Gabriel. Who are you? It's a cool song. You need to listen to it. Called Sunday's on the way. He's forgiven us all trespasses. 1 John 1. Oh, the enemy fights this so bad. Verse, six, uh, verse 5 says, 1 John 1, This is the message we've heard of him and declare to you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness... We lie and do not practice the truth. You, you can't say, hey, yeah, I love God. Now I'm, you go out there and do what you want. You, that, that's not being saved. He's making it clear. But if we walk in the light, as he is in light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from, that's your cue, all, all sin. He cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We have sin. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's why it's called good news. Oh my gosh, we need an angel come down and just slap us. It's good news, church. We're on our way to heaven, not because of what we've done or can do. It's because of what Christ did. That's why it's good news. Our part is we believe. Now, wait a minute. Can it be that simple? It better be. It better be. Because I'm telling you, I, I can't be good. Let me break it down for you. Neither can you. That's why there was a cross. We can't do it. If we say we have no sin, we just read it. We can't say, I finally arrived. I've quit sinning. You're proving it right there that it's, it's true. There were those who believed one day they could finally get to the place. They didn't float, but they thought they could reach the place of sinlessness. What in the world would even, what would be the motive for something like that? Look at me. I'm sinless. Well, I was till then. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh, it takes the heat off. Micah 7. If you've heard me preach any time at all, you know we don't get out of here without hearing this scripture. I love this scripture. Micah 7, verse 18. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. He's so unlike us. At that four-way stop, if I see someone hit someone else, I think, they deserve that. Can't you just feel the love of Christ in that? 
That's not the heart of our Father in heaven. That's not the mind of Christ at all. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. He will again have compassion on us and subdue our iniquities. You will cast, are you reading it? All their sins into the depths of the sea. Every one of them. Every one of them. Every one of them. The one that the enemy has been beating you up over, that one too. The blood of Jesus has covered that sin. Because you think, man, if I could just get this one. It, you're, you should strive. We're to, we're to, without holiness, no man sees God. God gives us a new heart. We try to please him, not to get to heaven, but to please him. We're new creatures in Christ. We're to be witnesses for him, right? But we should strive to please him. We should strive to be Christ-like. I love God. I do love God. But I'm telling you that every day, there's a war that goes on inside this man that is unbelievable. It, it, sometimes I think it makes Armageddon look like child's play. Just what goes on between the ears up here. So there's a war. If you commit your life to Christ, that you're going to attempt to let his light shine through you, not on you, there's going to be a war. It's a war. But at no time are our eyes to be taken off the cross and on us. That's when trouble starts. Well, I just can't do it. I mean, I'm just, I just, I can't. And when it starts, I, 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 I. That is someone with an eye problem. Luke 18. Verse 9. And he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and they despised others. It's funny that those two things go together. Those who trust in themselves that they are righteous, there will not be one person in heaven who will do that. Not one. There will be no exceptions. No one who trusts in themselves as being righteous will ever be in heaven. No exceptions. I promise you, pastor doesn't think that. He doesn't think that of himself. He knows he's not righteous. I mean, we think, that's, that's how we think. Well, surely a pastor or uh, someone in the clergy. No. No, he'll tell you he's got the same heart you have. He's very candid about it. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. Now, I'm just going to tell you this right up front. Let's do a little disclaimer here. Every one of us have thought that. We may not have come out and said it, but we've thought it. More times than we shared, we'd like for everyone to know. Because I know one thing. You are, saved, you are made of the same stuff I am. And if I have these thoughts, you have them. You say, well, I'm not on that list. You've proved that you are. Right there. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector, can you imagine voicing that openly? God, thank you, I'm not like this dirtbag. That's what's happened there. 
I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. I can't tell you which you are, but I can tell you one thing. You better ask God if you are trusting in yourself or if you're trusting in the blood. Look at Galatians 5. Verse 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be again entangled with a yoke of bondage. I indeed, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he's debtor to, be, to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by the law, you, you, so you've fallen from grace. He said, if, I'm paraphrasing, he said, if you think what you're doing is good enough to get to heaven, you have fallen from grace. Because your eyes are turned on you. Turn your eyes upon yourself. That's what the church has done. It's turned inward. We're, I'm telling you, when we take our eyes off of the cross and what Christ did there for us, It'll change your life when you realize it's not you. It's Him. It's great news. It's not just good news. It's great news. Aren't you glad you don't have to hope in yourself? doesn't mean I can go out here and do what I want. Jesus said no man can serve two masters. You love the one, hate the other, or hold to the one and despise the other. We serve Him. We change masters when we get saved. But I don't do things to get saved. It's only the blood of Jesus that saves. Faith in his blood is the only thing that can save me. It's the only thing. That word justified means to render or to regard innocent. By faith. Just by trusting. There is scripture after scripture after scripture. I, I just can't read them all. We don't have time. Over and over and over and over. We are justified by faith just like Abraham. And when was he justified? Read it. I don't know where you're at tonight. I don't know. I cannot see inside your heart. But I know one thing. If you're not trusting in the blood of Jesus and what he did at Calvary, look at me and listen carefully. You will not make heaven. And God will play this night back to you. He will call it to remembrance. He will show you. It will be live and in color. God will show you. He told you. I sent him to you. You were trusting in yourself. You were trusting in what you were doing. 
very sobering. Who or what we trust in depends on where we spend eternity. Eternity. I want to read one more passage of Scripture. Now Mike's got a song back there. I want you to, I want you to watch this video. Now, this is the main point of the things we're saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord erected, and not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore, it's necessary that this one also have something to offer. For if he won't... If he were on earth, he would not be a priest, since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law, who serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly things, as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, See that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on a mountain. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, talking about Jesus, inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant established on better promises. Better? A better covenant? Yeah, you remember the old covenant? It says in Ezekiel 18, the soul that sins it shall die. You want to hear a better covenant? Here's a better covenant. For if that first covenant had not been faultless, then no place would have been sought for the second. Because finding fault, this is very important, finding fault with them, with, with us. Finding fault with them, he says. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I make a new covenant. Old Testament, New Testament. This is the New Testament. This is the covenant. He said, not according to the covenant. He said, I'm going to make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Jacob, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they didn't continue in my covenant. And I disregard them, says the Lord. What the heck? He said, what did it matter? They, I made a covenant with them. They didn't keep up their end of it. God said, I'm going to change the rules. I'm going to make a different covenant. Matter of fact, it's a better covenant. Look at this covenant. For this is the covenant that I'll make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I'll put my laws in their mind, write them on their hearts, and I'll be their God and they'll be my people. Sound like a pretty good covenant, doesn't it? None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. That is the new covenant. That is, remember when Jesus said, he was at the Last Supper, he said, this is the blood of the new covenant. Everyone remember that? This is it. This is what he was talking about. 
This is part of the covenant. He said it's the blood of the new covenant. I'm going to write my laws into your hearts and in your minds, and I'm your, your sins, your iniquities, I'm going to remember no more. When I see the blood, I pass over you. How did that stop being good news? What has the enemy done in America? This is the gospel. This is the gospel. This is why it's called good news. Oh, what have we done to the cross? We've made light of it. I know you love me, God, but not really, I'm, I'm trying my hardest. You won't make it. You will not make it. I'm doing my best. You won't be there. I'm warning you, you will not be there. You're trusting in the wrong person. We can only trust in the person of Jesus Christ. I've heard people say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to say, how come this happened? How come that happened? When I get to heaven, I'm going to fall at his feet as dead and say, thank you. Thank you. Leave me alone while I kiss his feet for an eternity. Because of what he did. It's so simple. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, uh uh-huh, whoever attends church, whoever does this, whoever. Should we do that stuff? Yes. But that's not salvation. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It is as simple as that. It is. It's as simple as that. It's no wonder there are so many miserable people in church. It's no wonder. I'm telling you, we've got our eyes focused on us and performance. It's all across America. It's a sad thing. It's a trick. I'm telling you, it's a trick. It's like a Trojan horse. Looks like it looks good on the outside, but inside it's full of the enemy because our eyes are on us. How about now? Did I do good enough today? I'll try harder tomorrow. Are you kidding me? You never catch that thing. It'll slip through your fingers every time. You never quite make it. And turn the lights down a little bit and play that song. I'll leave you all open to you. I will say this. If you're here tonight and you know darn well you've been trusting in the wrong thing, you better run to this altar. Say, God, I'm sorry. I'm trusting in the blood from this day forward. It's my only way to heaven. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus said, I know my sheep. I know my sheep. You stand there, you stand before the judgment seat of God and you say, well, look, I, I tried my best. Jesus can say, I, I, I don't know him. I don't know her. I don't know. Don't be one of them. I believe there's someone out there tonight that needs set free. Someone in this place tonight. Tonight, right here. Your heart is pounding, ready to jump out of your chest. That's a God knocking. He stands at the door and he knocks. He knocks, you let him in. 
you let him in. Confess him before men. I'd encourage you, you get up out of your seat. Don't worry about anyone watching. You get up out of your seat. You come down here. Say, I once set free. I promise you that he who the Son sets free is free indeed. If that's you, come on up. Don't let the enemy talk you out of it. He's, he fought you coming here. Who is it? Raise your hand. You know that's God dealing with you. Raise your hand. Let us pray for you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Would you have enough courage to come up? Get out of your pew. Come on down here. Someone's got enough courage to say it's me. Two have got enough courage. Three have got enough courage. Daryl, I need you. Chase, I need you. Who else would have enough courage to say, that's me. Been trusting in the wrong thing. Pray, church. Pray, church. Thank you, God. Make sure, church, what are you trusting in?